Mr. LMA, not his real name, is a married man. When he was planning on resigning from his job, he consulted his parents first. Then when he got a new job, the first persons he called to tell were his parents. Also, when he got a letter of promotion, guess who he called first? His parents. <laughs> there is a pattern here. It is obvious Mr. Eleme has not left his parents and cleaved to his wife. He's yet to cleave to his wife emotionally. Welcome to the Happy African Marriage Podcast, a show where we empower, equip, and encourage you to build a stronger marriage in these modern times, even if you're raising a family. We are Dr. Eben and David, a Christian couple, happily married life partners, parents of three, and marriage partnership coaches. If you're ready to build an enriching marriage partnership for a peaceful, thriving, and unified home, and a lasting legacy of impact for future generations, this podcast was made for you. So, stay tuned. Be prepared to be empowered and inspired to build the happy African marriage you truly desire. I beg, make we talk the matter. Hi, friend. Welcome back to another episode on the show. We're excited to have you here. In this episode... We'll be talking about part two of the marriage formula series. During the last episode, we began to talk about the marriage formula that has helped us build a strong and happy marriage we truly enjoy. As a recap, we said the marriage formula is made up of three parts that work together to result in a better marriage. The parts include reverence for Christ, leave and cleave, love and respect. In the previous episode, we focused on the first part of the marriage formula, which is the reverence for Christ. And before we move ahead to talk about the second part of the marriage formula and what it means to leave and cleave, we want to say that we believe the first part of the marriage formula, that's reverence for Christ, is the most important part of this three-part marriage formula. We are a Christian couple, and so this means that our faith is the most important part of our lives. Because in him we live and move and have our being. So, if you've not listened to the previous episode, please, we would advise you to do so. And if you have any questions about any of our previous episodes, or you want us to cover a certain topic on one of our future episodes, please send us a DM on Instagram or send an email to coach at happymarriedfamily.com. You can find our Instagram handle and our email details in the episode description portion of this episode. Now, let's get back to the topic of today, part two of the marriage formula, leave and cleave. As a married couple, David and I come from two different backgrounds. Even though we both lived in Nigeria for most of our formative years and are both from the Yoruba tribe, we've had different experiences in life before marriage. You see, this could have contributed in shaping us one way or the other. In addition to these, we are unique individuals with different personalities. We both have our strengths and weaknesses. So, when we got married, we had to begin the process of cleaving to become one. Was it easy? No. 
but was it worth it? Yes, it was. If we didn't go through the process, it would have been really tough to start this podcast together. Before we proceed, I want to say that this second part of the marriage formula, leave and cleave, is derived from Ephesians 5 verse 31. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. We can also find it in Genesis chapter 2 verse 24, and also in Matthew chapter 19 verse 5, where Jesus quoted it. I believe Jesus saw the importance of this also. That's why in today's episode, we will be addressing what does it mean to leave and cleave, who and when to leave and cleave, how to cleave, and finally, the benefits of leaving and cleaving. When we attend church weddings and this Bible verse is read, what comes to mind? Well, leave and cleave is actually redefining who is the most important person in your relationships, who your immediate family is. It's about setting clear boundaries and priorities. It's about becoming independent of your parents and interdependent with your spouse. It's a man and woman becoming one, united spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, and relationally. Before we dig further into this, do keep in mind that we are talking, or rather, our discussion is based on the assumption that there is an absence of abuse in the marriage relationship. There are situations where individuals are not truly enjoying their marriage as they would love to even in a non-abusive setting. These couples still have issues involving different areas in their marriage, such as patterns of behaviors or attitudes of limiting beliefs or mindsets that, if unaddressed or swept under the carpet, can result in separation or divorce. When couples don't fully understand what cleaving is about and the responsibilities involved in the process, they will struggle to stay united. True. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get to the next question. Who leaves and cleaves and when does this take place? The Bible is clear that the man leaves and cleaves to his wife and they become one. Another version says they become united. This leaving and cleaving does occur in marriage. Although some may have left even without marriage in view, but the cleaving has to be done in marriage. How do you leave and cleave? Or we can put it this way, how can you cleave with your spouse? Like I mentioned earlier, when answering what leaving and cleaving is, there are five ways we can cleave. This can be done spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, and relationally. When we talk about cleaving spiritually, This is when you both make the decision to know God for yourself and have that relationship with him. You don't have your dad or mom responsible for your spiritual growth, um, checking on you to to read your Bible or if you've read your Bible or if you've prayed. Um, You cleave spiritually by praying for each other, that's the spouses, Um, serving together, having your own family devotion, But even before this, one needs to have a personal relationship with God. If you marry the wife because she's spiritual, 
she prays, she fasts, she reads her Bible. I'll implore you to work on your own spirituality. The same applies to the wife who married a prayer warrior and feels that all his prayers will will work for her. God expects each and every one of us to have that relationship with him. And then cleaving spiritually happens. To learn more about growing spiritually, you may check out this video on YouTube, How to Grow Spiritually by Apostle Joshua Selman. I will say it again, How to Grow Spiritually by Apostle Joshua Selman. That's it for this section, Cleaving Spiritually. The next one is Cleaving Physically. Physically cleaving can also be said to be geographically cleaving in a sense this is physically taking yourself from your from your parents house and into your own home i understand that in certain cultures relatives stay in close proximity in this situation boundaries need to be put in place this is the couple agreeing on when or what areas parents or relatives can get get involved in their lives if parents do move in Please ensure that you both have a safe space where there would be no interference from anyone. This is very important. When we think about physically cleaving, another area of cleaving is physical or sexual intimacy. Here is a story. It is getting close to bedtime and Mrs. Ojo, not our real name, is not looking forward to that activity that takes place between her and Mr. Ojo. She considers it a dreaded activity. She says to herself, I'll just perform my duty as a good wife so we avoid any drama. But guess what? Deep down, it feels like a burden because she does not feel emotionally connected to her husband. She does not feel loved, valued, and appreciated by her husband. So, To her, she sees sex with her husband just as an activity, the act where she brings her husband pleasure. What about Mr. Ojo? Well, in case you don't know what the activity is, we're talking about sex here. So, on the other hand, Mr. Ojo, her husband, is unhappy about their sex life. But what he does not see is that he has not been sensitive to his wife's feelings. He does not pay attention to her and Mrs. Ojo is growing more and more emotionally distant and disconnected in the marriage. To Mrs. Ojo, he appears to be so focused on having pleasure without paying attention to connecting with her during sex. Speaking about sexual intimacy, when we talk about sexual intimacy, I think it's important to understand that we are not referring to just the physical act of sex. It is possible to engage in sex and not be intimate. Sexual intimacy involves closeness and a deeper level of connection. As couples that want to build a strong and happy marriage, we should desire to build sexual intimacy and not just have sex just to mark it off the to-do list. True. We understand that there are times that there may be some sex-related issues due to medical reasons, but there could also be some situations where there are underlying issues hidden beneath 
like the story of Mr. and Mrs. Ojo. In these cases, this may be due to some unresolved conflicts, communication issues, and could even arise from the other areas of cleaving that will, that will be discussed shortly. That's it for this section, cleaving physically and sexual intimacy. Let's move on to the next. The next one is cleaving emotionally. Here's another story for us. Mr. Eleme, not his real name, is a married man. When he was planning on resigning from his job, he consulted his parents first. Then when he got a new job, the first persons he called to tell were his parents. Also, when he got a letter of promotion, guess who he called first? His parents. <laughs> there is a pattern here. It is obvious Mr. Eleme has not left his parents and cleaved to his wife. He's yet to cleave to his wife emotionally. Cleaving emotionally is when I am able to share without shame my good, bad, and ugly experiences first with my wife before any other person. This reminds me of the scripture in Genesis that says, they were naked and not ashamed. That is cleaving emotionally. That's it on the section of cleaving emotionally. So what's next? Cleaving financially. <laughs> this is more than just physically having a joint account because most times when people hear about um, financially cleaving, what comes to mind is, oh, we should have the same um, accounts, have one account, joint account. You know, one can still have joint accounts, but still not cleave financially. This is the couple being able to trust their finances with each other, knowing who is the better money manager and letting them manage the home finances. This is a situation where there is an agreement on what needs to be spent and how it's spent before it is spent. There is no secrecy in how money is spent. <laughs> there is no hidden house being built by the wife in the village that the man is not aware of. Nor is there any secret vehicle that the man has bought for his father that the wife is not aware of. I remember listening to a statement by Dr. Olumide Emmanuel, and it states, Academic education is different from financial education. We have come to realize that going to school or getting a postgraduate degree does not automatically result in financial literacy. When couples invest in some financial education, that includes learning how to create a family budget, understanding how to manage money better, reviewing their mindsets about money, how to invest, and more, they may come to realize that it becomes easier to make financial decisions together as a team and work towards achieving their financial goals together while keeping each other accountable. We've come to the end of this section, Cleaving Financially. I'll end it right here. I believe the next one, or the last one, is Cleaving Relationally. Yes, it is. Cleaving Relationally. In this case, the spouse moves up the relationship totem, you know, <laughs> or priority list. It does not matter what kind of relationship the spouse has had before with his or her parents. Maybe daddy's boy or, or mommy's, mommy's boy or daddy's girl 
or whichever way we want to put it. When a person gets married, the spouse should be first. Your spouse becomes number one in your life. Well, after God, of course. Remember that when you get married, your wife becomes your immediate family, while your parents, siblings, and relatives become your extended family. This does not mean that when you get married, you abandon your relationship with your parents, extended family, and others, or friends too. But it, but it has to do with a conscious realization that a new immediate family has been formed as a result of your union as husband and wife. Let me throw out a question in here. So what if you have children? What is their position in the priority list? (laughs) Children. Well, children should never come before the spouse. Your spouse comes before your children. So it goes this way. God, spouse, children. After being married for over a decade and raising three kids over the years, we, we know firsthand some of the challenges parents face in the, in, in the 21st century, the increasing demands of work and family responsibilities, which can make it very difficult to create time for each other. Personally, we've had to be creative and put a system in place in order to create time in our schedules to spend with each other. And this has resulted in the increase in frequency of date nights in our home. Yeah. As parents, we we need to remember to prioritize our relationship with each other, despite our tight schedules. If we are able to prioritize spending time with our kids, if we're able to prioritize spending time at work, I believe we can also prioritize our relationship with our spouse. We just need to be intentional about it. That's it for the last session Cleaving relationally. So, without wasting time, let's move on to the next segment of the episode. What are some of the benefits of living and cleaving? There are quite a number of benefits, but I will mention six of them. Firstly, it brings both of you an opportunity to work together as a team. Secondly, there's increased trust between each other, that's you know, among the spouse, because there are no secrets in between. Thirdly, you are able to show that you value the opinion of each other and appreciate what both bring to the marriage. Fourthly, you improve your conflict resolution skills. The more you develop the skills to resolve conflicts together, the better you get at doing it. Fifthly, you grow together into maturity as you find areas to cleave. And lastly, you get to know yourselves better, especially without family interference, as you both begin to create a niche for yourselves. Those are some of the benefits of living and cleaving. I believe there are others you can think of. Worth mentioning, though, is that cleaving takes time, and we need to be patient with each other. We need to be intentional about the process. The more we recognize and do this, the more we get better at it, that it becomes natural. Here is a recap of what we have covered so far in this episode. The second part of the marriage formula, leave and cleave. What does it mean to leave and cleave? Who should leave and cleave and when? The five areas where you can cleave and the benefits of leaving and cleaving. 
As we wrap up this episode, we would add that the act of leaving and cleaving begins with a decision. As a couple, we chose to do so. And this required us to be intentional during the process. Do we complete each other? No, we do not complete each other because no man can complete either of us. Even I cannot complete myself. Only our God and loving Father, our Creator, can do that. Do we complement each other? Yes, definitely we do. We use our individual strengths to an advantage in marriage. And this stems from our understanding and application of the second part of the formula, leave and cleave. Now, here's a reflection exercise for you. Can you identify among these five areas where more work needs to be done in regards to cleaving to your spouse? I would recommend you take some time out for some self-reflection. The second reflection I would like you to do is ask yourself, what steps do I need to take to cleave to my spouse in the area or areas identified above? If you need some guidance in taking these steps, you may send us an email. Our email can be found in the episode description portion of this episode. And always remember, to achieve any goal in life, you have to take a step, no matter how small it is. Friend, we've come to the end of the second part of the Marriage Formula series, Leave and Cleave. In our next episode, we'll be talking about one of the most debated topics in the history of marriage. Gang gang. Love and respect. Thank you so much for joining us today and have a lovely day. God bless you all. Shalom. If you like Dad and Mom show, please don't forget to leave them a review to, to spread the love. Hi, friend. If this podcast has inspired you or you found value in today's episode, one of the best ways to thank us is to leave a written review in our Apple podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Also, please feel free to share this episode on your social media channels. And together, let's join the happy African marriage movement as we work together to break the cycle of managing or enduring marriages for our children and the next generations after them. Remember, the state of our marriages today can impact our future generations. Shalom. <laughs>